You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. This morning, we're going to talk about God's champions. And last week, I shared a little bit about the vision from 1999 that God had given us. And that's really what we're living out of is that vision. But the one thing uh, Suzanne reminded me of, and I had forgotten, was part of the vision was that people would stop and, and come because they were so drawn by the presence of God. And sometimes you don't think about things being fulfilled until someone who actually experienced it, tells you their testimony. And Suzanne was telling me, that's what happened to me. I was driving by, driving by, and the Spirit of God just kept pulling me, pulling me in. And then I finally came. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's hard to, to uh, sometimes follow what God is saying. And I wanted to share one other little testimony, because as she told me that, I started thinking of other people that uh, had had that same experience. But I wanted to share this one specific testimony just as an encouragement for us. Uh, but Daniel uh, Corbisella, who is not here, they just moved to the East Coast. Uh, was a, He's a businessman and he lived in Ohio part of the year and down here part of the year. And he went to a, a big church in Ohio and a big church down here. And uh, he said he used to drive to the Planet Fitness past here and the Lord would point to him pointed the gathering and he'd say, Lord, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to the little church. And he would drive by. I'm not going there. I want you to know I'm not going there. And this went on for quite a bit of time, months. And um, finally he came and he just would sit, you know, he sat there and probably about a month or so, maybe two months, he was sitting there and he's crying. He's, he has burst out in tears and he's friendly and nice. He just couldn't figure out why he was sitting here. And I went up to him. I said, Daniel, are you okay? What's going on? He said, let me just tell you something, Pastor Cindy. This is the first time in five years that I've been able to worship since my wife died. And he said, God brought me to this little bitty church to heal my heart and open up the door for me to worship again. So, you know, that is really what God has called us to do is to provide a place for people to encounter God and, and allow the spirit of the Lord to take them where he wants them to go. So I thought that was a little bit encouraging. You know, it's kind of encouraging. Um, yeah. So anyhow, I want to talk a little bit about God's champions. I've been praying and fasting. I told you guys this. I've been praying and fasting for a while and just kind of pressing into what God wants. And as Chuck mentioned, we had a board a meeting on Thursday night and uh, we kind of, we were kind of doing a, a rundown on how the year's gone so far. You know, what's going on? How are things going? And as we went through it, we realized that God is doing these amazing things and um, it's just occurring through all of you. And things are just happening so organically and spontaneously uh, that really aligns with the vision that God gave us that we would gather. And uh, that's Dan Corbisella. <laughs> he builds houses for pastors in Haiti. 
that was his wife's mission in Haiti. And he really didn't have a heart to take that over, but God mended that part too. So anyhow, so we had this board meeting and as we were talking and talking about all the things that God was doing and, and about all of you guys and what God is doing and, you know, the 16 baptisms and the people becoming a part and the kids and all this kind of stuff. The one thing we were talking and Chuck mentioned it this morning was we feel like that there is a growth or a birthing in the supernatural that we need to pursue too. You know, we have definitely supernatural, we have moved, we have miracle open heart surgery. I mean, we have a lot of stuff going on, but we feel like there is more of signs and wonders, uh, miracles, healing that God wants to impart into us that we can take out as we go. And we all want that, right? I want that. So uh, if I want it, we all want it, right? (laughs) I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't want to be able to release signs and wonders and miracles and healing and and have people call us and lead them to Jesus? And I mean, who doesn't want that? So um, that's just who we are. We're, we're the crazy people that want it all. Yeah, we want all that you've got, Jesus. Um, so that's really what we're pressing into. We're probably going to have some different speakers that carry that anointing come in over the course of the year, the next, you know, the next 12 months or so. We just feel like we've got some, but we need a greater measure. And, you know, the word talks about, you know, the impartation of gifts. And so we're probably going to have some of that. So be praying. We've been kind of thinking about who would we have? I've got a couple of thoughts in mind. We've kind of bounced some names around, but we want, you know, if there's someone that carries something that God has for us, we want that opportunity to have them here for us, right? And you notice we don't have a lot of speakers and it's mainly because we only invite people that we feel like have something to pour into our family, into our region, into our community. Um, you know, we don't invite people just to have somebody different to talk. Um, so just FYI, that's just how we work. <laughs> okay, so today we're going to talk about God's champions. And um, I've been watching Roland Garris, which is the tennis, it's the French Open. It is one of the tennis grand slams. Uh, I've been watching that. And I want to just tell you about Roland Garris. Roland Garris was uh, born in 1888. And the tennis... Uh, uh, what do you call it? The tennis complex is named after him. But listen to this. He was born in 1888 and he was a French aviation pioneer and a fighter pilot. And he, he was one of the f- early, uh, uh, one of the early, earliest fighter pilots during World War II. And his saying is, victory belongs to the most tenacious. So that's what we're going to talk about is us, a tenacious people of God. We are champions for God. To be a champion, you have to be a warrior. To be a champion, you have to be willing to go beyond what is physically able for you to do, what is mentally able for you to do. You know, you know that when there are Olympians, when there are uh, high-level athletes, they train beyond their capacity. 
As believers in Christ, we train beyond our capacity because the greater capacity we carry is the spirit of the living God in us. So we are already positioned to be people of victory. And it doesn't mean we don't have challenges or defeats or different things that come against us. But like every athlete, we rise up above that. Paul says that he continues to run the race. We continue to run the race that Christ has given us. So that's what I, that's just, I'm kind of excited about this (laughs) because, um, I know that God has a prize for each one of us. And we're going to start in Exodus 2, 1 through 3, and then we're going to go to Hebrews. But we're going to talk about what it means to be a champion. And at the end of this, we're going to lay hands on people and we're going to pray over people because that's what God has shown me, that there is an impartation that is going to be released today. So I want you guys, uh, prophetic, prophetic will be released. We're just good. We, I know that God's going to do some things for us in order to... Uh, push us forward, right? So uh, we're going to Exodus 2, verse 1. And it says, A man of the house of Levi went and took as as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dabbed it with asphalt and pitch and put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the riverbank. Okay, now let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews eleven twenty three. Because we all know the story of Moses. We all know how he was hidden. We know how Pharaoh's daughter scooped him out. But listen to this. Hebrews eleven twenty three. It says, "By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents, because they saw he was beautiful, a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's commands." Now think about this. We know the story of Moses. But the story of Moses was because his parents saw that his life was in danger and saw that there was something on him that they needed to protect him. So instead of cowering at the king's command, God gave them a plan to protect their son so he could fulfill his destiny. They were champions of God. And we don't think about Moses's parents. In fact, I've never thought about Moses's parents. Never. Other than his mom was the, you know, the hero. No, (laughs) but because it doesn't go into all that. But when God goes through and begins to remind us of what it takes to be a hero of the faith, he mentions Moses's parents. And instead of being afraid, they were strategic. They wanted to make sure that their son was, be, was saved from being slaughtered. 
Have you ever thought about that? When we think about our lives and what God has called us to do, he's called us to be champions. He's called us to be champions of the faith, to step into our lives on a day-to-day basis, being faithful to the God we serve. And the day-to-day may seem mundane at times. It may seem that what are we really doing to make an impact, an impact for, on this world for Christ? But our very confession of Christ and living a life that honors him and that's obedient to him alone changes the dynamic of the world. It does. It does. And we don't see that. Because we don't spend a lot of time in self-analysis unless it's on the negative side. I didn't do enough or I did something wrong or, you know, we spend so much time in that instead of saying today, God, I woke up and I said, how can I serve you today? How can I champion your cause? How can I be that person that's going to run the race regardless of the of the trials, the difficulties. I'm going to run a race that is going to bring honor to you as my king because of who you've called me to be in the mundane, in the everyday. And then what happens is suddenly an opportunity like the one that Moses's parents has is presented And we are called to go beyond our day-to-day faith into a supernatural alliance with the one who opened the door for the opportunity. We look at people in the Bible sometimes and we're like, oh, well, we're not like David. Oh, we don't have the, the call of Daniel. Oh, but we do. We aren't made to be David. We're made to be who we are. Responding to who God has called us to be, living our lives that are worthy and holy and unto God in order for his kingdom to be reflected on this earth. And there will be times where we are pushed beyond our day to day life into an opportunity that breaks through the kingdom in a whole different way. Moses' parents were breakers for the kingdom. They could have done something else, but they didn't. And Moses got positioned because of his parents to be in the right place at the right time so that God could use him to free the Israelites that he told Abraham were going to be in captivity for 400 years. So God set all this in motion. He set you in motion to do the things he's called you to do. And even though our days may look boring at times, challenging at times, in between, we're still championing the cause of God in our lives. Amen. Everybody is. 
Sometimes I think of people like Moses' parents. I think of them and think, what was it like to know you're having a child? There's an edict that they'll all be killed. And the only thing you know is that you serve a God that's going to have an answer. Let's take a look at Judges. And I'm just going to talk about this briefly. I mean, what do you guys think about this? Do you think about, you know, how God is using you and the way he sees you and the way he's got you positioned in jobs and in neighborhoods and in different places, specifically to be the champion of his cause for your area? I know that that's very thematic for us. We've been through a season where we believe that we have to understand that we're taking territory. We have to understand that God has positioned us. Uh, we have to understand that where we are is not an accident. That God, yeah, it's an assignment. God has purposed us. I forgot what I was looking for for a minute. Judges 4. So I just wanted to talk a little bit, uh, just give another example um, of how God positions people in a place. And then suddenly there's an opportunity to make a dramatic change for the kingdom of God. You know, Deborah is a, uh, is a judge. She is speaking over the people of Israel that have issues. Come on, speak over and then Barak, who's the commander of the army, comes to her and says, we have to defeat the enemy. And I'm going to need for you to come with me. And she's like, huh, I'm leaving my palm tree of comfort to, to go out. I was just telling uh, a couple people before church, I left my palm tree of comfort and I went to Haiti uh, when they had the earthquake of, I don't know when it was, 10 years ago. And it was hot. January in Haiti is about 90 degrees. It is hot. And we slept on the ground. And um, it was interesting because the people, the Haitians, would circle around where we were sleeping and just kind of look at us. And uh, I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't afraid of that. There were a couple of little tenuous moments. Uh, when we drove through Port-au-Prince, it was very... Uh, it was very strained. It was very, it's a very aggressive place, Port-au-Prince is. Um, and then when we tried to cross the border back in uh, to the Dominican Republic, uh, we had some trouble there because uh, we're, you know, all Americans coming down, invading their territory, and they were not happy. So uh, it took us a little bit to get back across the border. But, uh, you know, I left my little palm tree of comfort to do medical triage, which about all I know about medicine is take two aspirin, put a Band-Aid on it. That really is. I am just not a medical person. If someone starts telling me way too much information, I just get a little sick. I'm like, can't do it. Can't do it. So I'm down there doing triage and they're bringing them in and I'm supposed to take their blood pressure. And all I can think of is what do you need prayer for? Because I'm like, I don't know, what does this say? You know, it's not like we had the machines that you just took it all up. It's like pump, pump, pump. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I asked the girl, do you know what this is saying? And they trained us. But like I said, I have no medical barometer at all. So we do all that. and We're praying for them. And most of the people down there weren't necessarily sick. They were traumatized. 
So most of them came not because of a physical illness, but because of an emotional brokenness. They needed comfort. They needed to encounter Jesus. I mean, that's why they came. And a lot of them were believers. So um, I got to help deliver a baby. Now, that was fun. That was fun. And that that wasn't too much for me, uh, kind of. But uh, I mean, it was fine. I've had kids. But um, as long as I didn't have to do it all, I was okay. I don't necessarily get sick. It's just I just don't have a purview for it, I guess. But what was so cool, most of the women who came to have children, we had three, I think three or four that came and had children. They actually walk have their kid, they get to stay for two hours, they get a to-go bag, and then they walk back to their hut. Or more than likely, most of them would have blankets and sheets, and that was their house. So when it rained, it would just, they'd have to take it down and because it would just get soaked, they'd have to dry it out. So most of them came alone, but one woman uh, came with her husband on the back of a moped. And for all of us women who've had children, that was uh, very distressful for me. I was like, oh, my gosh. But the whole time she was in labor, he was on his knees, praying, worshiping, laying hands on her, just, just pouring out on her. And, you know, she had a little, I think, a little boy. And he just held the baby up almost like that, um, uh, that uh, little scene in Roots, just giving God the glory and thanking him for this beautiful, healthy baby. And I mean, that made the trip worth it all. I probably would have done better working on the construction of the wall, but, you know, <laughs> they didn't let the women do that. But, you know, so it worked out great. But my point is, is that sometimes God moves you out of your assignment. He moved Deborah out of her permanent position for a moment in order to give Barack what he needed to go out to get the enemy. But what's interesting, she says to him, oh, don't you think that you'll get any credit for this? For winning this war. Don't you even think you will? Because that credit's going to go to a woman. And when you read that in the passage, you think, oh, sure, it would go to Deborah. But when we go on to read it, and let me just go to it. Let's look at uh, verse 17 in Judges 4. Yeah, let me just read this verse number real quick. It says, so she says to Barak, she says, I'll surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in this journey you are taking. For the Lord will sell, uh, Sir, Sir, what's his name? Sisera, yeah, into the hand of a woman. Yeah, so the woman will get credit for that. In verse 17, so he goes, so Sisera flees on foot. And enters into the tent of Jael, which is the wife of Heber, the Kenite. For there was peace between him and Jabin, who is the enemy. There is peace between them. And she invites him in. She's going to take care of him. She pretends like she's going to protect him and provide a place for him. But she's not. She's in a position in a moment's time where she is the wife of a leader and suddenly she becomes the hand of God to defeat the enemy that completely changes the ability of Israel to overcome the enemy that has come against them. She's just minding her own business. She invites him in 
And uh, verse 19, it says, he says to her, please give me a little water to drink for I'm thirsty. So she opens up a jug of milk, gives him a drink, covers him. And he says to her, stand at the door of the tent. And if any man comes, any man comes and inquires of you, say, is there a man here? You say, no. And so 21, it says, and J.L. Herbert's wife took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the peg into this temple and it went down into the ground for he was fast asleep and weary. So he died. A moment in time. Here she is going along her normal life. And a moment in time, God gives her the opportunity to destroy the enemy that is coming against Israel. And we think, oh, that's big. Well, just think about what you do is big. You may not have a tent peg in your hand to destroy an actual enemy, but what you have is the word of the Lord over your life to tear down, take apart, dismantle, Whatever it is that is setting itself up against God. It's big. It's really big. It's really big. Mm-hmm. Really big. I want to read uh, Mark eleven twenty two through 24. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you've received them and you will have them. Their faith was in God. And what God could do. Our faith is in God. We believe him. We believe what he says. We believe we are who he says we are. We believe that we're positioned in this time, in this season, specifically for the assignment he has for us. No matter how ordinary it seems day to day, it's extraordinary in the kingdom. What seemed like Moses' parents' only choice became something that was never forgotten and written about in Hebrews. All the days of your life are being written out in heaven. They're celebrating while we're pondering. We're thinking, oh, really? Is my life that important? Yes. Your life is that important. A life lived under Christ is really the most important thing we can do because everything out of that will bring change to our children, to our grandchildren, to our neighbors, to our work. Everything out of that transcends what we're doing. It moves into everything that we're doing. It's so important for us to, to know that what we do is critical. Even when we're laying on the couch watching tennis. 
You're like, that's not true. But think about it. You think about, well, sometimes we rest. Well, God calls us to rest. We all rest very differently. You know, sometimes we go, go for a walk. Well, God calls us. He's talking about getting his body back. God calls us to take care of our temple. Sometimes we just have coffee with a friend. Well, God calls us into fellowship. God calls us. So all of the things that we think, oh, you know, maybe I should be doing something so much more important. The things that you are doing are so important to God. And we have to embrace what we do as being champions for the kingdom of God. We have to embrace it. When we go to work, sometimes we think we don't want to be here. Nobody's ever thought that. Who works and has never thought that? Because we're going to have you train all of us. But, you know, think about it. But God has you there to not only impact your boss, or if you are the boss, impact your employees, your clients, your customers. God has us there to be a representative of his. What happened to Keith would never have happened had him and that lady not had the conversation. And didn't she pray with you yes. while she was there? And then all of a sudden, God says, oh, I've got this. Puts it on this other lady's heart to call and say, I've got a blank check for that. I've got a blank check. Whatever it takes, my heart has been moved. My heart has been moved. And, you know, their dogs are part of their promise of God for provision in breeding and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it's yes, it's important. He loves his dog. But beyond that, there was a greater purpose that happened that caused a shift in the, in the earth for the kingdom of God. And then this testimony goes out for other people to hear. How many people go through open heart surgery 10 days ago and are out walking for a mile and a half? But God promised a miraculous recovery. And God is faithful to his word. We are tenacious people and we are resilient people and we can go through a lot and come back. Yes. One of the things that God was saying is, uh, I'm going to call them to them. That's us to do things that they've never done. I'm going to cause you to step into places you never thought you'd go. When I went to Haiti, I told them, I told the Lord, I said, it'd be much easier to write a check. Can't I write a check? <laughs> if y'all have noticed, I'm not much of a sleeping on the ground outdoor kind of person in 90 degree weather. But we can do anything for a short period of time, right? And short period depends on what God thinks short. Sometimes it's easier to write a check. But that may not be the way that God is going to further the kingdom through you. He may want your sweat. Yeah. 
He may want you to step into something that you never, ever, ever thought you would do. Ever. And that something will be the, the uh, reverberation of the kingdom moving forward. I love God. Only because, you know, he always gives us things to do that uh, we're like, really? Yeah, I think maybe Judy could probably do that better. Let me call her. Let me see if I can delegate that off. I mean, he gives us these things to do that we never thought we would do. But when we do them, we're like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever done. Because God was on it. He was with me. He was in it. And, and champions aren't people. We aren't people that sit around and go, oh, I'm going to be a champion for God. I am so awesome. No, we're champions because when the door opens, we step in. We, we step in. And then suddenly we're in a position that we never thought we would be in. Like JL. Like Deborah going to fight. You know, what's the judge doing going to fight? Like Moses' parents, popping our children in that little safe protection and making sure that they're covered and taken care of so that they can fulfill the anointing God has for them. Yep. God is so much fun. God is so much fun. You know, when we're faced with tremendous challenges... It gives us the opportunity to see what God's going to do and use us to be the breakthrough, the breaker for others, right? So this morning, we're going to have a time to pray over people and prophesy over people. And I just felt like this was supposed to be a time of ministry for our family and for our web church. I sent them a note. They're texting me what their requests are. But part of the reason we're doing this, it's, it's actually the main reason we're doing this is uh, because God said, number one, that's always a good reason. But I felt like we were supposed to pray over everybody, lay hands on everybody, anoint people, prophesy over people, help them, help you to receive that impartation for champion, help you to shake off anything that disagrees with what God has said over you. Um, I don't know if healing's going to come with it. I'm not really sure. God just said, we're going to lay hands. We're going to prophesy. I'm going to go ahead and invite uh, Gina, uh, Michelle, and uh, Julianne up uh, because he gave me specific names too. These are the people that are going to do it with you. And I want to encourage all of you because I believe, you know, one of the things the Lord told me at the first of the year, and you can go back to listen to January 15th. Uh, he, When I went on sabbatical, he gave me, a plan for us, and I've preached on it several times, but one of the things he told me was that we are a house that is going through a change of growth and building that is going to be, uh, carry a movement for the Lord that others will recognize. Now, what that looks like, I don't know, and I, I dare not conjecture uh, because the Lord will show us what it looks like. But part of what we're doing today is because I believe the Lord has something that he wants you to have, and we want to release it to you. Amen. So let me just pray for us real quick, and um, 
we'll go from there. Okay. So father, we just thank you that you have something for us and that you have called us your champions. That in our day-to-day, we are champions for you. In those opportunities that suddenly open up for us, we step in as uh, champions of the faith and we do the hard things, Lord. So God, we just thank you that you have given us that ability to um, lean into you and allow you to move us in the position we need to be in order for the kingdom to be furthered in this time and in this season. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.